0: Hello, welcome to the Stockhead podcast. I'm your host Peter Strachan. Today we're revisiting the graphene industry. Uh, we've had uh, First Graphene uh, talking to Stockhead before uh, through its uh, chairman Warwick Gregor, and. Uh, the company with its innovative industrial applications in polymers and compounds for graphene. Uh, But today we're delighted to have Mike Bell, who's the new Chief Executive Officer and Managing Director of First Graphene with us. Now, Mike has spent uh, the last 16 years based out of Singapore and he's arrived uh, back in Australia to to run the management team here. Mike, uh, welcome to the podcast. And I just wondered if you could give A little bit of background on yourself and what you've been doing over the last 20 30 years and how you've come to First Graphene and, and what you uh, what attracted to you about the company.
1: Thanks, Peter. Um, firstly, it's a pleasure to have the opportunity to talk through what we've been up to over the last six months and also uh, what I see happening as we move forward over the next sort of 12 to 24 months. So, a bit on myself, I am, I, I guess. I consider myself as somewhat of a a seasoned growth industry executive. Um, I've had the privilege over those sort of last 15 to 20 years of working in a large number and very different uh, segments throughout the world, including industrial and consumer electronics, uh, software and, and software as a service, heavy industry and shipbuilding, engineering and defense. They're all very, very different segments. But... And amongst those segments, I've also spent time working in uh, lots of different areas of business like R&D and operations. But one of my probably most um, significant and more recent focus has been on sales and marketing and driving revenue for both early stage companies, but as well in the corporate space. So overall, I've got a fairly well balanced skill set, I would say, and it's honed specifically for running high growth companies, which is very um appropriate for where first graphene is. I, uh, as you said, I have been in Singapore for the last uh, 15 or so years with a with a couple of years break in, in Chicago in the US. But my focus um, in the hybrid industry out of Asia has really driven a very, very global connection base. I only work in global companies, uh, not so much domestic companies. I'm still living in Singapore with my family, I've got two young children that are very well immersed into the Singapore way of life. And it keeps me in a nice location that's easy to get sort of to and from both Manchester at the in the UK and to Western Australia. So it's quite fortuitous location. As I said, I am uh, very much focused on the revenue side of business. Um, my predecessor, which I'll speak on later, was very much focused on the essential task of setting up a, a facility to produce graphene. Uh, whereas my experience base and skill set is very much focused on revenue generation.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, So, Mike, I see the the company has really uh, spent the formative years, uh, you know, building its intellectual property on manufacture of graphene and and working on the various applications. So it's a very uh, fortunate time to have you and the team that you're putting around you in focused on actually getting this product out into the market. Yeah, that's right and to be
1: honest you know it ties in very nicely to what attracted me to first graphene Um, first and foremost the you know my sort of foray into into graphene and with fgr was very much based on the potential when i found out i found out about fgr through word of mouth through a contact of mine in perth and at the time i was looking for something of sort of a small to medium enterprise high growth with huge potential in both terms of product as well as global demand, and something I could apply everything that I've learned over the last 15 to 20 years, um, and see a real positive impact. And when I went through and completed due diligence on FGR, the team, the board, and the market, I was really excited at what lay ahead and how the business desperately needed to move from a production mindset to a revenue generation and sales mindset an area which I could apply and have a positive impact. And to be honest, six months in, I can confidently say FGR hasn't disappointed. The market potential, the pipeline of opportunity and exciting clients we're working with, the breadth of potential products and the way we can steer FGR into becoming a graphene materials and chemicals company, as opposed to just a straight graphene producer, is something really, really exciting. The challenges that I've come across in those six months are different to what was expected, but it creates a real sort of sense of achievement as we overcome them.
0: Yeah, so what are the, the current capabilities, do you think, of the the uh, company and, you know, with the technology and the production and, and where do you see the growth markets? I mean, we've spoken to Warwick before about uh, using uh, graphene in boots, various polymers for swimming pools um, and also, I mean, very, I think quite excitingly in uh, cement where there's massive uh, potential there for reducing greenhouse gas emissions by reducing the amount of cement needed. Yeah, so
1: I'll make no secret of the fact that we are definitely um, at a point of pivoting away from our previous strategy of developing capability. Um, You know, we've historically focused on creating and mastering the ability to produce graphene, and this has been very successful. Um, And it gives us the ability to differentiate a very high-quality, continuous flow process with capability to make 100 tonne per year. And I think I need to clarify at this point that what we're talking about in terms of graphene is, by definition, graphene. Each particle is less than 10 atoms thick. And sometimes it gets confused or compared to other people's graphene, which are, in fact, powdered graphite. So the two are very, very different. So we like to consider our capability and capacity is making that 100-ton mark but of a very high-quality, pristine Graphene, by definition, uh, across a, a large number of platelets. So it's, it's quite a unique position to be in. We've now got that capability banked. You know, we don't have to spend time and focus on refining that any further. We now pivot to focusing on revenue generation, using R&D to increase demand for pure graph through innovative technologies and moving up the materials value chain and becoming a graphene-based materials, chemicals-type company. The latter of this strategy is how we focus um, on the success of graphene, and that comes down to how easy it is to use and how easy it is to disperse. So for example, instead of using like a pure graph powder in the concrete segment you just spoke about, how do we make it easier for success? And that's by means of things like liquid admixtures. So instead of just focusing on producing our powder and then being reliant on other people to figure out how to disperse it, we move up the value chain and create formulated products that are easier to use. And when I joined, one of the first steps in that journey was to work out where we would focus. Being a small early stage company, it's, we have a finite amount of capital and human resources to apply. And so I spent the first probably two months um, working with our team to identify all the opportunities we had, breaking them into segments, which is actually material segments, and then ensuring we were just focusing on the ones that were um, going to deliver large demand in a relatively fast uh, time frame uh, and that would require um, a controllable or limited amount of R&D support. And so that's really structured our, our market segments that they are today. Secondly, um, we've obviously been working on getting industry experts to lead each of those segments, and this is very much a work in progress. We have locked in uh, our leaders for the composites and plastic segment and also the cement and concrete, and we now continue to try and find people that can lead our rubbers and elastomers, coatings and energy storage segments. So that's very much sort of working its way forward. At the heart of our market segment is really the volume demand of graphene we are committing resources and chasing opportunities that see large volumes of pure graph uh, as opposed to the segments that are probably interpreted as a little more sexy and a bit a little bit more now like um, energy storage in the EV market it's of interest but the volume is significantly lower than the likes of concrete.
0: Yeah, and it's a long way down the track. So, I mean, you're very wise to go for tonnage at this point. Uh, And and, uh, really the high value perhaps uh, down the market, down down the the track when you're looking at uh, energy storage and uh, lithium-ion battery uh, cathodes, that's all good and well. But, you know, there's not big tons in that at the moment, but you need to be ahead of the curve on the technology front.
1: That, that is right, and the other consideration is that you can look at, uh, let's say, the concrete industry again. Very large tonnage, but it's under a much greater price uh, pressure. Whereas yeah. the newer products like anodes and stuff, um, they would probably have a bit more effect um, in the way that they're they're costed. Uh, so it's a it's a serious consideration for us. One other thing that we, I guess, is part of our strategy as we evolve into these segments and sort of acknowledge that the end product is often not just a straight powder, and we need to move up the value chain to offer products that uh, ease dispersion and ease use. We see a growing need to include strategic partners in our path to market. So third-party formulators that have um, developed specific formulations or technologies to take graphene and then disperse very well into, let's say, plastics or concrete. So we are starting to include those in our model. And that also goes hand in hand with expanding our product range. You'll notice earlier this year, we, we launched some products at a Pure PureGraph 50, a PureGraph MasterBatch LDPE. And those, the LDPE product is a way of us making it easier for people like plastics, plastics manufacturers to get our product into their end products. So and it's okay. essential. For our success
0: you have to know uh you know the formulation you know, policies or the procedures of the elastomers and the plastics and the you know the, these people so that you can give them a product that's easy for them to incorporate when they're fabricating
1: that, that that's right and that it ties into i guess one of the facts one of the points that i get really excited about with graphene is that there is natural diversification or de-risk across Uh, so many different industries so it blankets so many materials in so many industries it doesn't mean we've got a dependency on the success of any one of them there is no make or break client industry product or segment it is all each each win is a step in the right direction we won't get thrown off if we have failures in any segment so that makes it really exciting but it also just sort of helps us um, spread our Uh, spread out opportunities
0: so mike uh, you've done a deal in uh, new zealand with a a large cement distributor manufacturer there how do you think that's going to to roll out
1: so the deal we've done is a an an exclusive um, distribution agreement for the the concrete industry in new zealand it's actually with an early stage uh, innovative innovator of technology into established businesses in New Zealand with links into the concrete uh, industry so it's an opportunity where we take people that are really motivated and in industry association to represent us take our products and get uh, the product into market faster than we naturally would so from a from a global focus our our commercial manager of the concrete industry will be focusing on the very large admixture and mixture in concrete companies, he typically wouldn't be uh, spending time and efforts into smaller markets. So it's actually a great opportunity for us to get a person that represents us in New Zealand that's really committed to the success of graphene, not only in concrete, but also in other industries, and somewhat sort of share the workload for us. And it's, this is part of early stage companies' We fully acknowledge we can't do everything. We can't be the people that are developing the formulations that are chasing every opportunity globally because it just takes so much resource to do so. So we need partners like this to be successful, to represent us. And we are pushing that out through agency agreements, people that are are more success-based, that represent us in geographical regions and markets around the world that are well-connected into markets. And they just accelerate it and help us get early stage inquiries sort of managed and into the right sort of segment.
0: And now you've had uh, quite a bit of success in the mining industry with wear-resistant polymers in uh, bucket shovels and backs of trucks and so forth. So uh, there looks to be sort of orders in the pipeline for that type of uh, use as well. Yeah, so
1: 2021, and, and specifically with Aquatic Leisure and New Gen with the wear liners, has really been the culmination of a couple of years hard work in getting them through validation. For instance, the wear liners, to prove that they worked, it took 62 weeks of trials. Now, for a lot of other products, that's unheard of, um, and it sort of demonstrates how large undertaking it is for some companies to match to material that is somewhat unknown. The success we had with, with Newgen and the Armagraph wear liners is just fantastic. You know, It's a six-fold extension of life of those wear liners and that just you know, fundamentally changes the maintenance schedule on those. And so that's now we're seeing some uh, adoption out of the big mining companies, they're slowly moving to those. I would always like them to move faster and buy more, um, but it's it's just at the rate that they are comfortable and, and make sense to them. So huge doing a great job in, in getting that out to the market and they will extend the technology into different um, other different uh, applications within the mining industry. So they're doing really well it's exciting
0: and how big will the swimming pools market be is that just a niche area or do you see that as being quite significant
1: i would probably look at it as being the grp or glass fiber market i wouldn't narrow it down to the swimming pool market getting graphene dispersed into the grp is actually a relatively straightforward process compared to the likes of rubbers um i would always look at it as The glass fiber or composite segment, not as pools specifically.
0: Um, Yeah, so it's a bigger market.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's like if you look at the US at the moment, they've had a massive increase in demand for pools, much the same as Australia over the last 12 to 18 months due to the uh, pandemic. People aren't traveling, so they tend to look where they can spend their money on, they're buying pools um, for home. So that's, yeah, that's an exciting position to be, but it's not. You know, it will never be the volume of, say, concrete. That's it's just not a comparable sort of industry.
0: Sure. So, Mike, um, your technology partnerships that you're working with uh, various and supporting uh, research at various universities, um, especially in the UK, um, they have a sort of longer term appeal. But in the short term, uh, you know, it's really just an interest. You're focused now on on getting graphene out the door, and you know sales in the bank?
1: They make up a portion, you know, as I said before, our R&D is to drive future demand for pure graph. So if we look at some of the things we're doing with Warwick University or with Manchester University, it's validating concepts that will um, create an additional line of demand for pure graph. And so it's not we we're in, we're less inclined to spend money on tr- different ways to try and make graphene. We have a very well proven process. Uh, it's now about how we accelerate adoption, exception, and uh, and essentially drive demand. So that's what we've been doing within the geek, um, and then also through a number of other universities, both in Australia and the UK, all sort of looking at opportunities to accelerate demand.
0: And so the company's uh, just raised some money through an innovative capital raising process and uh, quite a few of the options are now uh, being exercised as well at 25 cents. So that's adding cash to the bank. What sort of cash balance is there at First Graphene uh, as we speak?
1: Oh, look, I'll sort of comment on the, on the capital raise first. So we, we went out earlier this year with the intent to uh, raise capital to really underpin our new commercial activities. You need to bear in mind that as of January, we didn't have anybody focused on sales. So it's really a new vertical um, of function that has been put in place. So we needed to be able to fund that. Uh, SMI, the, the, the place the, um, where we got the capital from was someone we had been speaking to for a relatively long time that, and they really understand our business. The terms were aligned to what we saw as being reasonable. And they fit it in quite well with our longer-term focus on building sort of a mid- to long-term share registry with investors that, are, that, that understand our vision and our value proposition. It's probably worth noting that FGR is not a speculative mining-based investment. It's a new technology materials company, and our vision is to build a commercially viable and sustainable materials business. So it's definitely not a, a speculative stock. As announced, we raised uh, five million and then an additional option of three, which cements in a pretty good runway for us um, to, le- to basically just let us go and drive revenue. This couple, uh, coupled with a revised focus on reducing our non commercial cost base to be more in line with a sensible revenue growth, which is basically a deliverable that both myself and our new CFO, the DTA, will focus on. And we've had some really good successes in that area, which will come out now quarterly. Um, sort of growing, you you need to note that growing companies always require growing cash flow and capital. And the raise was really about generating confidence with our clients who are looking to make material changes to their business and need the reassurance that we're going to be in existence uh, for the foreseeable future. And so it's very much focused on strengthening a platform we've created. So, you know, based on our on our current burn rate and activities, etc., we've got a very good runway now.
0: So that's that's great, Mike. I mean, you've you've set the the base. Uh, you've you you know your strategy. You've got the money in the bank, and which gives you the security with your client base. And uh, you know, by the end of the year and into uh, uh, 2022, we should start to see fgr kicking some serious goals so i'm looking forward to having you back again in six months time we'll we'll look at your quarterly report when that comes out and and again in uh in october and uh, we look forward to seeing uh, the company advance as it uh, as it gets the graphene out the door and builds towards its uh, 100 tonne per annum of capacity here in henderson in uh, western australia so thanks for coming in to stockhead today uh there's uh it's a big story and we would look forward to having you back again at some point in the future.
1: Thank you so much. My pleasure.